137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of Pixelated Paranormal. This will be episode 83. And while we were supposed to deliver that really awesome story that we got sent to us by the gentleman from the UK, uh, we had to postpone that for one more episode because Presto is now getting down with the nasty jam, as the hip kids call it. Down with the sickness. Yeah, he's got the funk right now, and uh, I don't want to do that one without him. So, in true fashion, hot off the tail of the Getting to Know You episode I did with Preston, we're going to do something very similar with Steve, because, Steve, you're still fairly new to the show in, in all retrospect here. Agreed. Yeah, so uh, I was going to start off by just asking uh, Steve and having him ask me a couple questions like we did with Preston. <laughs> I get my own and then I, I'm so excited. I know. Yeah, we threw out a line uh, today on the social meds, and uh, I just said if anybody has some questions, hit us up, ask us anything, and we got bombarded by some really good stuff. So first and foremost, thank you guys so much for the outpouring of questions. Yep, best uh, part. This get, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, But first, Steve, you wanted to start off with, uh, what do you call this, two truths and a lie? Yep, two truths and a lie. So for, Okay, yeah. also, first off... We probably already lost like half of our listeners this episode because all the brethren dropped out when they know Preston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'd lose all the brothers. Yeah. There's probably a couple of them that hung on yeah. just to make sure that he's not the reason they listen. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this this is an icebreaker game usually played at like when you get do a training at a job or something. Mm-hmm. It is called Two Truths and a Lie. So on a piece of paper or a digital document on your uh, tablet Google Docs. <laughs> you write down two truths and a lie, and then the other person has to guess which one is the lie. Which two are the truth? Which one is the lie? So, who wants to go first? Me or you? Um, I'll let you go first and kind of see, and I'll gauge my uh, my two truths and a lie on uh, how yours go. Okay, cool. So, which one is the lie? I wish that I could sing country. I was a water boy and loved every second of it. I wish I could dance really well. Hmm. Which one is the lie? Yep. First of all, you said water boy, and in my head I heard altar boy, and I felt really sad <laughs> for you. No, not at all. <laughs> um, Shout out to all altar boys. Yeah, shit. Um, doing the Lord's work. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um. You, I, fuck it. That's a good one. I think that the lie is you wish you could sing country music. And why do you say that? Um, I don't know. It's not, and we'll get to music here in a little bit. I just, I, weren't you a water boy? I, I, I'm asking boy. you, man. You gotta know that you gotta know which one's the lie. You gotta know which one's the lie, which two are the truth. I'm bringing you the heat then. You just brace yourself for that one. It's my turn. Um, I know you can already dance okay. I mean, I say okay because, I mean, you, you dance better than me, so I think you dance great. <laughs> I sway the fat around. It works. There you go. Yeah, just kind of shimmy it over here and shimmy it over there. And, yes, um, I, so and I mean, you know me. I love, like, Pitch Perfect and Glee and all that shit. So, yeah, I love all that. Yeah, dude. Stuff. I I just don't think you care much for country music. 
like like uh, what would you call that? Uh, what do they call that? Country country music nowadays is just like uh, barnyard emo. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're <laughs> right. The country yeah. thing is 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 the lie. Um, I there do enjoy go. older country, and I fucking love the shit out of Dixie Chicks and Garth Brooks. But yeah. uh, as as musicians and entertainers, but I'm just not a fan of country, and I never yeah. have been. And no, I do not wish I could sing that. <laughs> no disrespect to anybody out there that loves country. I know that it's very uh, big market for that. Uh-huh. That is my lie. So what? Uh, oh, and then as far as the water boy incident, uh, when I was incident <laughs> incident, you were an altar boy, weren't you? You were a holy water boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as the water boy, uh, I was in foster care when I was younger, and I was part of a football team in little river kansas they were a really small division uh and they played football extremely well and i just like totally fell into that school and like that was my best school memories ever Uh, i made a lot of friends there some of whom Mm -hmm. i still talk to today and i got the privilege to uh because i didn't know anything about sports i wasn't raised around them but Mm -hmm. they let me be the water boy not even once. yeah and then they let me be the water boy and like all the chrome camaraderie of yeah. all that it, it was fucking incredible like we went to state ended up losing states so that was really emotional but uh-huh. it was just really fun to finally be a part of something like that in my life at a really shitty time of my life so yeah right and then i mean and the movie the water boy is fucking awesome so <laughs> <laughs> oh it's awesome hell yeah well that's sweet dude i never knew that you're I, th- I thought you may have talked about being a water boy but i don't recall it specifically but I think you'd be a good water boy, man. Yeah. Lots of, lots of, lots of fucking dick jokes. Lots of friendly put downs. But I bet you'd be a pretty <laughs> solid water boy too. And I love the fuck out of drinking water. That's what I'm drinking right now. So hell yeah, dude. I could see that. Oh, here's your water, pussy. I'm just kidding, man. Seriously, <laughs> you're pussy. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna give you four. Uh, I'm gonna muddy the water a little bit here for you. Okay. Breaking the rules, you rebel. Okay, so so some of these looking for just one one lie. You're looking for one line, okay. buddy. Okay. Okay. Or should I tell you you're looking for two lines? No, I just one lie. No, just be. one lie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Number one, I once shit my pants in kindergarten, ran all the way home, and nobody knew I left. That's true. I already heard that story. Okay, great. That's why I gave you four. <laughs> okay. I love that story. <laughs> okay. I once got caught cheating in college by a professor that swore she would expel anybody from the entire campus if she ever caught them cheating. I can sneeze with my eyes open. Or I used to go to every art history class from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. half drunk. I know that's true. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) Because of the Pizza Hut days. Right? <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to think. I know I was 21, so I was already out of Pizza Hut. Yeah. Well, was but you know what? At, at those Pizza Hut days, uh, spoiler alert, I never actually drank until I was 21. Look at you. I know. I which know. Tells, I was to get the party babysitting that, everybody. That, that the cheating thing isn't real. But then again, because I don't, I, don't, I don't peg you as a cheater on school okay. type shit. And, okay, so sneezing with my eyes open, I can actually do. Weird. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's one of those stupid things of like, hey, I wonder if I could do this. Because one time I was driving to my uh, my old job in Winfield, 
And it was just a two lane highway and lots of hills, lots of deer and shit. And I just started thinking sneezing while you're driving is one of the most dangerous things you could ever do. Mm-hmm. And like, if you, if you sneeze and you swerve off the road, could you be ticketed for that? Question. Yeah. So then I just taught myself to sneeze with my eyes open just to say I could. I don't do that all the time. I'm not some freak that's just like, got you, just staring <laughs> wide eyed at everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, jokes on you, Steve. All those are truths. I didn't tell you a lie. You fucking... When I was learning to do can't, Adobe Illustrator, can't you in... <laughs> fuck. literally and in the game. The, no, this is great. The one time I ever cheated in college was the one time I got caught. Um, we had this teacher. She's really awesome. And she was teaching us how to do Adobe Illustrator. And the homework was super easy. All you did is take the pattern she provided you, and you just had to rebuild it. You had to trace what she did. So literally, it wasn't hard. It was just do this. And there was one assignment I forgot to do. And I showed up to class, and I was just really bummed out. Like, Jesus, this stuff's so easy. It takes about 20 minutes. I just forgot to do it. And my buddy's like, Oh shit. Well, like, let's just go to the computer lab real quick and then change a couple angles and then turn it in and like just, just muck it up to where you get a, like a B plus instead of an A and she'll never know. And we did. And then the next day at class, after we turned them in, you have to go down to the front of the class and get your paper that's graded after class is over. Mm-hmm. And everybody picked up their papers except for my buddy and I who will remain, uh, he'll remain anonymous. And I walked up to the teacher and I'm like, hey, I just happen to know that me and him didn't have our papers down here. And she's like, yeah, because I told you if I ever caught you cheating, you'd be expelled. And uh, I all that's like the second time I almost shit in school, uh, my pants. <laughs> and so we walked all around the uh, building with her trying to convince her not to expel us. And then finally I said, you know what? Like, it's not his fault. It's my fault. Um, I jumped on the computer after he was done. And I just copied his work and printed it out. He didn't even know I did it. And then my buddy's like, no, that's not true. I told him he could use mine. And she's like, wow, you guys are both willing to stand up for each other. I swear to God, if you ever cheat ever again, you will never go to school in Wichita. And then she walked away. So, Damn. (laughs) Yep, I did shit my pants in kindergarten. And we oftentimes would go uh, to art history class, slightly inebriated because – WSU was a wet campus, meaning you could drink 3-2. And I had a friend who was a foreign exchange student, and uh, he's had, quote, so wait, much money left over wait. after books. That's uh-huh. that's a real term? A wet – that's that's a term a wet for – wet campus, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my fucking god. Does anybody see anything <laughs> wrong with that? That's a terrible <laughs> right. name. Yeah. But, yeah, you could drink 3-2 in designated areas down in the student center. So we would go play pool because we used to have like a break from – like 2.30 to 5.30 in between classes. And my buddy would always be like, hey, you know, I've got all this extra money after school's paid for from all the grants and, and stuff I get. So let's go down to the Radigan and play some snooker and drink some beer. So he'd Scroll buy a couple pool, buckets of beer. Pint. Right. <laughs> so he would teach us how to play pool and we'd drink and then show up to art history class just really uh, – I'm not going to say really drunk, but we were – there's a few times we were a little goofy. So. Damn. <laughs> Yep. Spoiler alert. Poor so. bastards. I know. All right. Cool. So that's over with. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Before we yes. get into these questions, tell real quick, give you give you a little quick history lesson, boys and gals and everybody else out there. Check this out. This is how I met Sean in high school. <laughs> this is when I first came came to El Dorado, Kansas, where we both went to high school at. 
and I was in an art class, which Sean was pretty much kind of the teacher's pet in that in, in that class. Yeah. Him. You can say I was top three in the high school of artists. Yeah. If you wanted to go, as, <laughs> him as, and his friend uh, Devin. <laughs> Devin, they were really close. Yeah. And there was like, okay, so you sit in like the big classroom, and then there was like a section off section, kind of like just like a own private work like area in the back. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a storage uh, yeah. room, and, a separate room where you could put shit. Yeah, and people would do like independent projects back there. Uh, I got to class early one day, and. Um, uh, where I like sat down, everybody sat down. In comes Sean, and I knew Sean from like passing, and I was kind of like art class was like the only class I was looking forward to because I mean it's art, everybody loves art, you know. Yeah. Some people. And Mr. Wise, let's face it, was yeah, one of the greatest right? teachers of all time. And some people like it just to fuck off in there, but some people like it to actually have like a yeah. creative outlet. Yeah. And um, I came to the class early, whatever, and sat down, and in comes Sean, and he walks back to his work office and uh, the work area. And he sees that his uh, mannequin models, the like small figures that you can do with the articulating poses and draw and all <laughs> the marionettes. shit. Yeah, yeah, marionettes. And uh, they were shaped into um, doggy style sexual position. God, and, a, a debaucherous three-way. <laughs> yeah. And he was so – He was so eight. fucking pissed. He got in there. He was face was all red. He was telling he was telling his friend Devin. He's telling fucking Mister Wise, and he's getting all mad. And uh, lo and behold, came down to it that um, there was a kid in in the class. Uh, uh, we'll just say AR, and yeah. he uh, basically got accused of it and started like you know saying oh, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, and then finally copped up to it and was like it was me, blah blah. You know, like fuck him, fuck everybody. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, yeah like fuck everybody. You know. <laughs> And uh, well, and let's—I mean, let's give him some background. Ar was a bit of a, a class clown and a goofball, yeah. and hated authority, and was a you know one of the bad kids. Trouble, and, yeah, yeah, troubled, troubled student. In hindsight, he's actually a pretty troubled kid. But yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, that was the end of it. You know, really, not really, really came. It's the first out of it. time I ever heard Mr. Wise say, "God damn it, who the fuck did this?" Yeah, and that's like huge. <laughs> and huge. the whole class goes, <gasps> "Yeah," <gasps> you know, it's huge for a yeah. teacher to do that. Um, year, years go by, like literal years. And it was when me and Sean started becoming closer friends. And, uh, it's real so weird how high school does that is like when you're in high school, like there's, oh, yeah. you're not like really close with somebody. And then like outside of high school years later, you find out that, you know, they're like your really good best friend, like you and Brady, like it's a perfect <laughs> example. Um, yeah. and then, you know, these years went by and <laughs> I don't remember how the conversation came up. But it was pretty much just out of the blue. And I was like, hey, remember remember Mr. Wise's class? And like he got in trouble for messing with your, your mannequin things. <laughs> you and, just said his name. Oh shit. It doesn't matter. I'll yeah. leave it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so like and then Sean was like, Yeah, 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 I remember that. That was crazy. And I was like, I was like, Yeah. No. I was like, it was me. I did it. <laughs> I went in there. Boom, big reveal. Yeah, I went in there and fucking made his shit look like menage a trois, you know, all the sexual oh, God, shit. Yeah. And it was me for all them years, man. And, and uh, you know, I didn't really feel guilty about it because I thought it was fucking funny as shit. I didn't know anybody in the school at that time. I just thought it would yeah. be funny to fuck with the teacher's pet. And um, Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was just fucking it was hilarious. And then just telling him that, like, it literally, like, just stunned you. You were like, oh my yeah, god, I was like fucking speechless. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the fucking long game. Dude. Yeah, dude, wow. that was so good, so good. 
There's one night Steven's laying in bed. Fuck that guy. I'll never tell him I did it unless we become best friends. <laughs> it's like the stepbrother <laughs> shit. The universe is like, a bet. <laughs> like a synchronicity, man. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But you know, it's funny, like the epilogue to that tale, that drawing, um, I called it separation. And basically the idea was the two the two marionettes were holding a third one down by a buzzsaw. And my my little artistic vision was: Are they cutting? Are they getting ready to um, cut him in half, or are they making him? That was the idea. Mm. And uh, I won a, an art scholarship to Newman University off of that drawing. Yeah, that's deep as fuck, dude. Yeah, it was. You're it was welcome, great because when, <laughs> right? Yeah, all, good. all my hatred seething just poured into the pencil and the graphite. But <laughs> <laughs> I inspired you through fucking through fucking jester. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a scholarship for that shit. It's actually wow. still. I might post a picture of that drawing uh, on the Instagram. That'd be cool. <laughs> for the show. It'd be fucking funny. Uh, yeah. All right, all right let's stuff. get into the questions. Cool. All right. So we asked, and you guys certainly delivered. Um, first and foremost, Gern asks, if you had only one match and entered a dark room containing an oil lamp, some newspaper, and kindling wood, which would you light first? Right, first off, fuck puzzles. We ain't got time for that bullshit. <laughs> Just pull out my phone. That's what you made in art class was a fuck puzzle. <laughs> yeah. First off, pull out your fucking phone and use the flashlight on the phone. Ain't no one got time for oil lamps and newspapers and kindling shit. <laughs> this, is the uh, this, this, is this is your shit. This is Resident Evil shit, Steve. Do what? You wake up in a you <laughs> Resident Evil shit. Yeah. You wake up in a dark mansion. Yeah. All you have is a match. Inventory. One match. One soggy match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if we only had one match in the entered uh-huh. room, contained an oil lamp, some newspaper, and kindling, which would you light first? Okay. Right. So obviously, not. I've never lit an oil match before. Do you have to an oil lamp? Yeah, an oil match. An we're going to assume yeah. that. Okay. So an oil lamp. We're going to assume this had oil in it. First of all, uh, it has a small um, uh, woven rope-like wick that you would light, and the uh, the wick itself is made out of fabric. And uh, it would have oil soaked up into it, so it would kind of burn like a candle. Okay, so I would light the kindling wood to light the the wick of the lamp. Uh huh. Wouldn't that wouldn't okay. that be? That's what I would do, isn't it? I mean, is this like a puzzle? Like, is this dude fucking with us or what? <laughs> well, uh, to answer your question, I would say, Steve, how could you do any of that if you don't first light the match? Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> it's yeah. a fuck puzzle. It's a fuck puzzle. Damn it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I knew you have one match, like an oil lamp, a newspaper, and kindling. Which do you light first? You have to light the match first. Yeah. Okay. So take that, Gern. Gern. Okay. So next up, guys, Mindy asks us, what's your favorite classic haunt or haunting story? And Steve, you said up, up, up front you weren't really sure what yours would be, so... I'll yeah. go first on that okay. one. Okay, that's cool. Um, I'll say my my favorite haunt is probably the haunting of Connecticut, and it's one that we'll cover at a later episode because it would be kind of cool to go into it a bit. It's I won't go into the details of what happened, but you know, a haunted house kind of story. There supposedly was a mortuary and like you know, ghost haunting and a bunch of terrible shit happened. Hollywood, like movie. everything. Yeah. What's that? I've seen that movie. Yeah. So Hollywood, like everything else. They made a movie out of it, and it's, quote, based on true events, which their movie couldn't be really farther than the truth, supposedly, I say in air quotes. <laughs> um, but I, I watched it, and it was okay. But before the movie came out, like, 
probably the fall, before, a couple months in the fall before it came out, um, WSU, Wichita State University, had this little uh, fall festival they called Shocktober or Shocktoberfest or whatever. And they happened to have famed demonologist and ghost hunter John Zaffis um, at the college. And he did a like hour and a half long presentation where he shows us like the different haunted uh, relics. He's the one that has like one of the first haunted museums Hmm. and he'd collect different relics that were haunted and stuff like that. He was a demonologist. He would go do ghost uh, investigations and shit like that. And he actually was one of the original investigators on the actual case of the haunting in Connecticut. And I, I like the haunting in Connecticut because it was really cool to hear firsthand, you know, live from one of the investigators, the weird shit that would happen. And one of the things he mentioned was that midway through the investigation, um, a couple people had gone home cause it was too much for them. And they were, you know, in the, in the living room or the dining room, one of the two, and they were kind of looking over their tapes and setting up their batteries and changing out the batteries and shit. And all of a sudden they smelled something that was very pungent, like rotting eggs. And that's a very common, you know, theme in a lot of hauntings is that sulfur smell. Mm-hmm. And so John said that they started hearing footsteps and growling upstairs. So off of the dining room, there was a staircase that went upstairs to the, um, like somebody's room or like a finished attic or some shit like that. I think there's a bedroom upstairs. But he said as he walked up the stairs, all of a sudden in front of him, out of thin air, materialized this smoke-shaped, like, gargoyle. And he said it started growling at him and, like, advancing towards him, trying to attack him. And he said that it fucked with him so bad he had to leave the investigation, um, went home and wouldn't speak to anybody or leave his house for, like, two weeks because that's how bad it fucked him up. That's fucking so, crazy. Yeah, so that's what I thought was kind of cool is, you know, to hear that fact from somebody, I felt like it was kind of a more intimate detail that mm-hmm. you don't really hear a lot. So that to me is one of my favorites. Um, Amityville is kind of cool too, but that one's kind of been cut and and dissected and, you know, lots of controversy based on that. But hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Steve, uh, do you have one personally that you're, uh, you're uh, well, into? Kind of like I've said on the show before, or the show, this uh, podcast yeah. before, is I don't, ghosts to me, like they're interesting, but I've never experienced anything like that. So it doesn't really right. like resonate with me as much as, as like cryptids and aliens and stuff like that interest mm-hmm. me more. But, um, no, I mean, you don't have to pick one. How about if we swing it a little bit and what's your favorite abduction story? Well, I was going to say, I, I, I do have one that has to do with okay. ghosts because I, I don't really watch a lot of the ghost shows. I kind of feel that they're kind of fabricated and right, overdramatic right. way too much. Um, so I would probably go with uh, one that I watched just this past year was Demon House, which is the Zach Baggins, which I know that dude's a douche, but – um, he <laughs> he was he was much less douchey yeah, in, in this, this documentary. Yeah, and it's about a house that he purchased, and it it's just it's crazy. We've talked about it on here before. Go check that movie out. Um, that was probably my that's probably my favorite like haunting slash ghost type thing because it's the one that like kind of kind of chilled me more than yeah than that. And I like when these documentaries slash shows they like kind of do like the recreation. Uh, yeah, the like dramatizations, yeah. dramatizations. Yeah, I like that type yeah. of stuff because it kind of gives you like a visual to the story as well. So, but that that would oh, be yeah. mine. 
But well, I'll drop a bomb on you about that uh, documentary. I found out that during the time of them filming that whole documentary, there was an active serial killer in the same fucking town. Holy shit. Killing people during the time of filming that show. Damn. Yep. It's something I've been waiting to drop on you for a while. And That's crazy. <laughs> I guess now's the fucking time, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so it was just like a bunch uh, of negative energy. That's what a lot area. of people are saying. And again, let's let's get into that that uh, story some more in a later episode. Yeah, that's cool though. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really fucking creepy. Uh, creepy. <laughs> it's really creepy. So crappy. Well, hell yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, go right into the next one, man. Favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go into it. By Rob Bones. What up, dude? It says, "What's your favorite scary movie and why? What's your favorite scary movie, Sydney?" <laughs> Do you um, like scary movies? So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll go. Uh, my yeah. favorite so-called scary movie. I don't know. I've 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 always pictured. I'm a big, very big horror fan. I I can't classify some movies as horror, even though they're like a horror movie to me is um something that's gory, spooky slash like that. But mm-hmm. like that shit doesn't scare me. Like gore doesn't scare me. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, and to me, scary movie and horror movie are synonymous. Yeah, exactly. Potato, that, potato. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, so my favorite scary movie to me is the only movie that's ever terrified me. The only movie that's ever given me um, like nightmares. Uh, and mm-hmm. these, all these whole, these next three questions are all going to roll into that. So it would be, <laughs> it would be fire in the sky. So I will <laughs> I tell. Say, I already know the answer. I will tell that why <laughs> after we yeah. get to the next question. So what would be your favorite yeah. scary movie? Okay, so my all-time favorite Desert Island horror movie, if I could only ever watch one or also the one that I love the most out of everything I've ever seen is still hands down the original Fright Night. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll I'll follow up with mine. Okay. Like my favorite scary movie, like the the classic scary movie type of thing. Okay. Um, And it would probably be – a tie between it 2017. I was blown Ooh. away by that movie. I loved it uh-huh. so much. And even though it's classified as a scary movie, um, it's not scary. It's more hilarious than anything. Uh, but then again, I have a demented mind. So right, you're broken. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be that. And if I had to go with like one of the classics or whatever, it would probably be, um, probably nightmare on Elm street, which okay. we will both be Freddy. seeing tomorrow. Yeah, nice. uh, this episode will come out on Wednesday. Steven and I and Shayla and hopefully Aaron are going to meet our uh, our buddy, the big grand poobah of all things horror, Leaf Yonker, um, tomorrow night at the Warren to check out uh, the original Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, 35th anniversary edition. Can't wait. And and tons of other you know huge horror fiends and terror files from Wichita too. So, yeah. so – I, my real quick, my favorite thing about Fright Night is number one, I think it's a solid, well-rounded horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a vampire movie, but it was one of the first horror movies I ever watched as a child and actually remembered, like actually um, paid attention to. And my grandma had it, and I've mentioned before, my grandma was a huge horror fan, and we wore out her VHS tape of uh, Fright Night, I think. I remember her throwing it away, actually, I believe, because it was just, it wouldn't play anymore. 
But here's a fun fact about that movie. If I, I hope you guys have watched it, and Rob especially. I, I'm sure you have watched it, man. If you haven't, you definitely got to check it out. The fun thing about that movie, and one of the things that made me love it even more than I already did, is there's a really great documentary called You're So Cool, Brewster. And I think it's like up to a three-hour documentary about the making of that movie. I think it's by the Something same guys that, that did the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one. Yes. They made a three-hour yeah. one too. Yeah, which is also an, an equally awesome documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, something that puzzled me ever since I was little is everybody knows vampires, traditional vampires can only eat human blood. They can only eat humans or drink blood. So in Fright Night, there's a scene where Brewster, um, he's hiding in uh, a bush and he's spying on his neighbor who he suspects to be a vampire. And he sees him walking across the yard eating an apple and he chucks the apple over and it lands right in front of the bush and it spooks him. So it's basically the neighbor's way of saying, yeah, little asshole, I know you're in the bush. Like, you know, I, I know that you know that I know. And I always got so puzzled by the idea of like, why is he eating an apple? And then in the documentary, the guy who plays the actual vampire, he comes up to the director and he's like, you know, vampire bats make vampires. But what if other bats infected humans and made them, you know, vampires? So let's just say instead of being bit by a vampire bat, he was actually bit by a fruit bat so that he could eat blood but also eat fruit. And the director was so blown away by it. He's like, Jesus, that's amazing. Yeah, like, that's cool. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what ended up happening is they just decided to keep that in there. And I just thought that's such a, a fun um, – who was that? Chris Sarandon? Yeah, Chris Sarandon played the vampire. Um, just a really fun little thing of like going the extra mile and just one of those little details that I thought was fun because it was something I never knew. But – yeah, Fright Night's oh, yeah. amazing. Um, old school horror, like if I just had to pick like my favorite horror character, you're a Freddy fan. I'm a Jason fan, dude. Yeah. I think I think Jason is my favorite of all the heavy hitters and like just the classics, like just feel good. <laughs> feel good, that's not the right way to say it, but no, it's, just no, your it's, old school feel, feel good. good horror. It's got to be fucking, it's got to be Jason, man. I love Jason so much. Yeah, mine's, mine's a really close tie between uh, Leatherface and Freddy. But I yeah, gotta go with Freddy because I, I like his cares his charisma. Yeah. Charisma. Well, but, uh, the next the next question two questions we can wrap into one. Yeah. Because Rob followed up his question of what's your favorite scary movie and why with what movie scared you the most. And then Danny wrote in and said, What's the scariest moment you ever experienced watching a horror movie, regardless of your age? And does that you know, whether or not that scene still scares you now. But what scene of what movie scared you the most, Steve? It'd be fire in the sky for sure. Uh, the part okay. when um, Danny, Danny or Danny remembers um, the abduction. Travis, Travis, that's it. Yeah, uh, it's when he remembers the abduction, and it just, it just has that like total fucking creep factor because this movie was old and it and it already looked like not like crazy big budget. Like you think of something like. Beverly Hills cop during that time. And like that fucking, it was like over the top action, you know, the very Hollywood esque type thing, but the way they did yeah. fire in the sky, like it felt more homegrown, so to speak. Oh yeah, dude. And like the way they did that with like, um, the no gravity in the ship when they're like dragging him through and then, yeah. and you see like, you see like glasses and wallets and like a Walmart yeah. bag. And so you see like that they're abducting people as they are. 
It doesn't always yeah. have to be when you're sleeping or out uh-huh. in the woods. Like, like, and that, that to me is, was just such a little, a little touch and it scared the fuck out of me. And then yeah. when they t- put them well, on the it, table. It shows and, you that the creatures have a total disregard for anything that we find to be no. uh, materialistic. Like, yeah. oh, that's my wallet, my wallet, my glasses. Like, yeah. they don't give a fuck. They're there for one thing. And that is it. And that's what scares me. It's just the idea of being such a, you know, a sociopathic uh, yeah. creature. You're nothing but like but, but a, a product, a cattle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's fucking crazy. And uh, so that, and that movie is just so, in, so intense. And I've went back and watched it since then. And it's still, it's still really chilling. Um, yeah. But because of film and how we're desensitized to everything these days, it kind of loses a little bit of its effect. But that's the only movie in my life that's ever like legitimately scared me and that if you've not seen that yeah. movie watch it it's a amazing story um it's one of the most famous like alien type abduction stories i think mm-hmm. and uh they even made like a little made for tv like i don't know what it was on sci-fi like series like mini series about it, like six episodes of like a documentation about the court case and yeah stuff. pretty cool Well, fire in the sky yeah is probably one of the at least top five most famous supposed alien abduction stories of all time mm-hmm. um so yeah definitely check i would I, I mean i wish they'd remake that honestly you want my honest opinion yeah i think it'd be pretty solid i'm surprised they don't use cgi it. use all prosthetics yeah oh dude okay prints. so i I have an answer written down for what scared me the most, but I'm going to, I'm going to follow up your alien uh, movie with another alien movie. One of the one scenes in the movie that scared me to where like goosebumps and almost like turned my head away from the TV. And this is fucking comical as all shit. Watching the movie with Christopher Walken called communion um, based off another equally uh, maybe possibly more popular, or at least they're, they're equals mm-hmm. um, the Whitley Stryver um story in communion there's a scene where christopher walken uh, he and his family are being um, besieged by possible visitors at their winter cabin and there's a scene where he's he's become hip to the idea that something's going on in the cabin like he thinks like he keeps seeing shit and there's a part where he's sitting there on the bed and he sits up from a dead sleep and he looks over at the fucking door and he just says is there someone that's there and then, like, there's just like this the the pause before you see the big reveal is almost too long, like it, it's uncomfortably yeah. long. It's 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 natural, but at the same time, un- unnatural. Yeah, because it waits really long job. enough for you to be like, oh, okay, nope, nothing's there. And then this little fucking like half of a traditional gray alien head peeks around the corner and looks at him for a second. Yeah, it is pretty scary. Yeah, that and then something sense. else happens after that, and I won't ruin that part, but. I mean, literally, like, I'm watching that movie with my mom, and, of course, old school lights are off in the house. The windows are open at summertime, nice, cool breeze, and, like, I got fucking goosebumps and almost had to, like, turn my head away from fucking yeah. watching it for it whatever really- reason. And mm-hmm. and the puppets, the, the actual practical effects and the puppets are super cheese in that movie, really, yeah. but that's, again, that's what makes a movie scary to me. Old 80 and early 90s horror, like all of your creature features yeah. uh, and creature effects, those are all fucking real, actual props. Yep. Practical and now, effects. And now that you say that, the uh, signs is another good example, uh, regardless of the people like M. Night Shyamalan, a ding dong or not. But uh, <laughs> signs is a good one, yeah. That movie does. See, the aliens are the only thing that like, freak me out in movies uh, because it's the one thing I believe in the most. And I see like that's that sign where. The the 
the sign, the scene where uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson's daughter is laying in the bed and he's talking to her and like he just, you know, happens to glance over and they live out on a farm, you know, mm-hmm. surrounded by corn. And he sees one standing on a on the roof and then mix that with the score because oh, yeah. like the score in that movie is so perfect because it will do like the, you know, the traditional spooky suspense and then it'll do, you know, the high note to jolt you. And yeah. then, and then also the scene that's just incredibly perfect with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, he's become so obsessed with this, with this phenomenon that he's been noticing on the TV about aliens and stuff like this. And they're starting to show up during the daytime. And then he's like the traditional, you know, like tinfoil on the hat or on, on, on the head. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking put himself into a closet. So he has no like windows around him. His paranoia is set in his, he just is so in, embraced in it. And then that whole scene, like you're watching and then you're like waiting for this news. And it was the same thing. They showed this like uh, in like Mexico. These kids mm-hmm. are like running. They're like, look, look over there. Look. And then the alien walks across and you're like, what the fuck? Like, and then I'll mix that with the, the soundtrack too. It's like oh, really, yeah. really intense. And I like <clears throat> the way they shot that because I think you picturing yourself in a closet with that heightened sense of paranoia you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. added to that scene so fucking much. And I think that, that movie does not get enough credit. People get pissed about the, oh, they're afraid of, you know, they're afraid of water. Spoilers. If you ain't seen it, fuck you. But um, when it comes to like the same thing <laughs> with War of the Worlds, like it's, it's, it's that classic, that classic movie trope in my opinion. Like these fucking intelligent beings are coming here to besiege the planet. And really they didn't think about the one thing that covers most of our planet is going to hurt them. <laughs> like I just think right. it's funny. But I don't know. I think you know what I'm saying. Like I really think that uh-huh. Signs is 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 a really good spooky movie too. Yeah. Well, and M Night, he's he's done some decent flicks. That dude gets a lot more shit than he deserves because mm-hmm. he came off of the the movie Signs, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's creepy, it's crazy." And then when he dropped The Village, everybody wanted that in your face, you know, handed on a silver platter monster movie. And because the twist he put in there was just so, like, out of the fucking blue, that movie got shit on so hard, and it mm-hmm. really tainted his fucking uh, reputation. And in hindsight, I went back and watched it again a couple of years ago. I fucking liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, yeah. And Split, come on now, guys. Unbreakable, yeah. Split, and uh, Glass, solid movies. Fuck yeah, they are. Solid fucking movies. So, well, okay, so the actual horror, the one horror scene that fucked me up the most... Um, this is going to sound kind of, maybe, maybe you can relate to it. Maybe not. And I think it is, and correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say it's the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it had Jessica Biel in it, right? Yep. Okay. There's a scene I where leather. Remake. Yeah. It's solid. It's very isn't it? well done. And that fucking really sound good. they use. That. Uh, like, oh, that fucking, count. yeah. Like. Sounds like a camera taking a picture, like old school yeah. camera. Yeah, I fucking yeah. Or a violin with one string. Yeah, I love that <laughs> shit. And her scream um, is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, there's that scene where I want to say it's the blonde dude. Leatherface finally apprehends him, and he's taking him down the stairs. And as he's dragging him down the stairs, the guy's trying to get away, and he grabs the side yep. of the walls. And as he's digging his fingernails into the fucking wall, a fingernail breaks off. It mm. shows you up close macro shot of that fucking fingernail yep. getting ripped off and that shit i literally said oh god and i sat on both my hands and closed my eyes and looked mm-hmm. away that and if you is watch that only- scene 
a little closer to, you'll notice that other victims had done the same thing. Yes. So you'll there see, are like, other lighter. fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. Like, splintered oh off and shit. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. shortly after that, I believe Leatherface fucking hooks him up, you know, drops him on a meat hook mm-hmm. and he's bleeding out. And then I think he cuts his leg off with a fucking chainsaw and yep. he shoves uh, uh, and he packs a bag of rock salt on the fucking open wound. Mm-hmm. That part, I just said, oh, damn, that's fun. That's pretty fucking cool. The fingernails is the part I fucking closed my eyes and looked away like a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how And to this day, like, you know, I can't, I can't talk about that part of that movie without making my hands in the fist yep. and squeezing my fingernails. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, that part really fucked me up, man. Got me real good. Yeah, I love, I love that remake. It, uh, shit. I like yeah. the other one, too, with a uh, dude that just passed away. That, like, general guy from... Um, the drill instructor oh, yeah, from yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Uh-huh. Yeah. He played the sheriff. Um, basically the dad, the dad Firefly, but or not Firefly. It's from Devil's Rejects. Uh, <laughs> Hewitt right. family. I don't know. There's so many yeah. different universes with Tex Chainsaw because they've kind of like rebooted and made sequels, make, made prequels. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There was uh, that one really shitty one that had Matthew McConaughey in it. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Hopper. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Leatherface is the fucking shit, man. It's one of the most uh, homegrown movies of all time, and yeah. it's a massive success on such a small budget. And yep, oh yeah, dude. Like they created a fucking masterpiece. And well, I think really were you cool. and I together one night near Horror Fest when Leaf was telling us kind of the the dirty history behind Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. I don't really remember much too, of it, man. but it's yeah, it's really he knows a lot of it's one of his favorite movies. So he knows Just like the budget was the budget was shot and they were selling shit off to make money to finish the movie or something mm-hmm. like that. I forget. And then they got fucked over real hard by like all the people that had their fingers in it. I think the mob or the mafia was involved at one point and kind of owned part of the production or something. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> Crazy. Crazy shit, but um the the question I was gonna ask you, um I'll I'll ask at the end here. Um what got you interested in horror in the beginning, Steve? And does that directly then inspire your love for all things paranormal? Uh, I mean, what what did you do first? Did you start reading about aliens, or did you start watching horror movies? Or do you uh, definitely watching? Okay. When I was a kid, I really I didn't really read that much. I read I read like um, Goosebumps, of course, which could yeah. tie into paranormal, so to speak. And um, then I in my pre-teens to my teens i read quite a bit of stephen king and then after that it kind of just drifted off but i watched a shitload of movies uh, a shitload yeah. so oh, yeah, definitely the movies uh so to speak i think um you know movies i'd probably say the movies got me to paranormal because i think of like things like tales from the crypt tales from the hood candy man yeah. chucky uh, stuff that was more like magic type ways than just you know like oh here's a demented guy you know yeah but then I yeah. mean then again you got Freddy like Freddy gets invaded by the demon the the dream demon spirits and yeah uh, Jason's kind of a zombie right I yeah mean, you know? I mean I <laughs> like, I would say yeah he's a zombie for the yeah. most part yeah but I think mo- most of my stuff is more for like the the crazy serial killer like true crime stuff nowadays more than yeah the paranormal. Just because, not that I've experienced true crime at all, but uh, it's those are real monsters. Though. Yeah, yeah, they're real monsters, yeah. and you have actual proof, and you see it all the time. Yeah, um, which I find interesting. But I think that um, as far as like interested in horror movies, I had an uncle 
um, who's passed away now. We were, I'm not close to really anybody on my mom's side, but I remember him, uh, when I was younger, he would come over and my mom and dad would like never buy us any kind of movies or like anything like that. So he would bring over like bootlegged recorded tapes and, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the first time I saw uh, nightmare on Elm street and I was fucking like just enthralled by it. And, yeah. uh, it was actually, I think it was nightmare on Elm street two or three. I think it was maybe three. Yeah. So it was like the Freddie making the one liners. Like he started doing that more and more uh-huh. and he would like do it, imitate it just like it. And it was, thought was cool. And then later on, I found out he was a schizophrenic, um, oh shit, very mentally ill guy that did a lot of crazy shit. So my uncle was kind of like Freddy Krueger. So cool. Eh, the innocence <laughs> of a child, right? Yeah, right. Or, or should I say the ignorance <laughs> yeah. of a child? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that's what got me started into horror movies. And ever since then, I've just had I've just had like a oh, soft yeah. spot for him. Uh, and and there's no better time to be a horror fan. I know we get surrounded by a lot of shit. But in the last year or two, we've gotten some really, really good fucking horror movies. Some fucking bangers, and, right? And not your traditional like Freddy Jason movies. I'm slasher. I'm talking like thought out, make you go, huh? And then like and yeah. explore different genres of horror, like Lady in yep. the Water. Technically yeah. a horror movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. You know, Get Out more of a thriller than a horror movie, but it works and it makes it intense. Yep. And like, I just watched, we, we watched that last night. She'd never seen it. And, um, Ugh. I remember watching it and watching it again and like knowing everything that's going on in the show. And it's, it's so good. It's so good. And if you've not seen, I've, if you've not seen the, the original ending to that, not the theatrical ending, but the original ending so much better. So oh, really? Yeah. I need to look that up then. I've only yeah. ever seen that movie this the one time in theaters. Yeah, you need to look up the alternative ending. It's really oh, yeah. cool what he wanted to do with it. So oh, Yeah, dude. That's badass. I can't wait for us. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to be solid. I can't wait for his fucking uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, if we can watch it. Eh, we'll find a way, Steve. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a guy that's got my back, and so I'll have your back. We'll Hell make yeah. this shit work. Hell yeah. Well, a palate cleanser question here from Rob. What are some of your favorite bands slash artists? Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to? Yeah, I'll go first, man. Cool. Um, my music is all over the place. I grew up in California. So uh, at a very young age, I was exposed to hip hop. So hip hop is in my blood. I love it so much. Um, and I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea, depending on how they've, how they've, lived, how they've lived their life. Right. Uh, but I think that. And how they were exposed to hip hop, too. Yeah, exactly. Know? Exactly. Because when I say hip hop, there is a difference between hip hop and rap, but I can go a whole other episode on that. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of people classify rap and hip hop the same thing. They hear something they don't like, they don't like the subject matter. Uh, that's the best thing about hip hop is that it's the ultimate form of poetry. And, you right. know, people express themselves through stories of their upbringing or their struggles. Or what they want to achieve and dream. And I think that's fucking tight. It's everything that I want to be in life. And um, I love I love, love hip hop. So some of the artists that I mentioned. You're probably not going to know them. I strongly suggest you check them out. If you. Hipster. If you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds bad. But it's true. Uh, if you ever. If you ever like. Oh the artist. Like tell me a good song. And I'll. And I'll just message me. And I'll, I'll tell you a song. I think you should check it out. I love doing that shit too. I love showing people new new artists, even though if they might not like them or dig them, I still think it's cool to try. 
Yeah. So well, and I let's go on the record here and say that you are the biggest thing that expired uh, expired me. Expired. You're the biggest thing that inspired me to really keep and explore a broader taste in music because I've never been too narrow minded. But I mean, if I had a nickel for every time you're like, check out this artist, and I'm like, fuck that guy, he looks and sounds horrible. You're like, no, check out this album or check out this song, and I've been blown away. Like, you've really expanded my. Uh, my horizons on music, so hell yeah, man. There's so my first and foremost, my uh, alt, my my biggest, my biggest uh, artist that I support right now uh, is a local and not a local dude. Uh, he's in um, goddamn it, New Mexico. Sorry, his name is uh, <laughs> Cryptic Wisdom. Really solid guy. Uh, very very passionate with his fans. He just hit twenty five uh, on the top alternative chart on Billboard. Oh, nice. On his newest DP, and I'm really excited for him. Uh, I actually got him to come to Wichita. Show didn't turn out that well, but he still rocked it. It was awesome. Uh, his name's Cryptic Wisdom. He's fucking amazing. He does hip hop. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube, Facebook. He does all these like, like one take videos, and he's just incredible. And his, I love his music. Uh, he mixes a little bit of the rock with the rap, and he has some like acoustic songs, and he just does. He's all over the place. Like, like, like I like it. It's amazing. Uh, another artist check out Chris Calico. Uh, he's an incredible dude. Dude can sing, dance, uh, and I'm talking like sing really, really well. He can rap fast. He can rap slow. Very talented guy. He's on uh, my favorite record label, Strange Music, out of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, he's kind of like a mixture between. Um, I'm I'm not joking. Like he's a mixture between Bone Thugs, Outkast, Frank Sinatra, uh, fucking. Buster Ryan, CeeLo Green. Green, like it's it's crazy. Like he's so talented. Um so check his check his shit out. And as far as like uh actual bands, I do listen to quite a, a quite a lot of bands, not so much like newer artists, because I usually depend on other people to show me actual like live bands because I really troll the hip hop scene a lot. Uh so bands all time favorite, hands fucking down of newer age is Coe and Cambria. I've seen them I've seen them over come 17 times now they're fucking incredible all their music is a concept story a science fiction concept story and uh, except for one album but the alive they're amazing they're a cross between um rush metallica and dream theater like they're very very uh got a big presence on the stage and it's just fucking incredible so if you like trippy music and like really good riffs and you know that that like loud i don't know I don't, like big big sound like i don't know how to describe coheed yeah yeah like, and his big, voice big production music yeah yeah and his voice is more like in the line of rush that's one of his biggest influences and um they're just they're just a fucking incredible band like so good they remind me so much of rush yeah and and i know like a lot of people take or leave rush for 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 what it is they do have a big following um, but yeah. once people like, cause when I first heard this band, it was when they first like made it kind of semi big and I fucking hated the song that they had favorite house Atlantic. I couldn't stand it. I saw the video. I was like, this is so silly. Yeah. And then my buddy Chris, uh, got the CD and we were listening to it one day and I'll, I heard in keeping secrets and it was like, and I just fucking, I was like, this band is fucking amazing. 
And then I started like learning about them because this was in the early days of MySpace. You, you, it was information at your fingertips on their page, you know. <laughs> so you started learning about the story and you got to yeah. know that it was a big science fiction story. And I was completely blown away. And this motherfucker just landed a deal with fucking Marvel to get his fucking comics like into the big leagues. And if this shit turns oh, into a movie, cool. it's done. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, it'll be incredible. So yeah, check that shit out. Oh yeah. But what are what are your uh, your favorite artists um so yeah you know the usual uh pretty broad spectrum of music um but the stuff that i always listen to i mean always have listened to i think i always will continue to listen to um first of all favorite band of all time i get so much shit for this i will always get shit for this (laughs) (laughs) yep uh dave matthews band man is my favorite band of all time that is my desert island uh, artist. If I could only ever hit one band to listen to the rest of my life, it is David Matthews. Um, yeah. But no, I really dig. I really dig the Gaslight Anthem. Anything Brian Fallon does, um, the Horrible Crows, um, just Brian Fallon by himself. I just really dig great him. Voice. That just yeah, great voice, great storytelling. Um, each band, each album um, is related to the next, but also kind of its own little project. Uh, just a lot of talk about, you know, old greaser, fast cars, you know, fast women, stuff like that, heartache. Um, I love, just fucking love that band so much. Uh, of course, David Bowie. Um, can't go wrong with some Bowie. The Foo Fighters, always. Um, I'm looking around at the the posters I have in my <laughs> office right now. It is plastered with Dave Matthews' band, The Foo Fighters, and the Gaslight Anthem. <laughs> you can tell no, Foo Fighters. if she comes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Killers. I fucking love the Killers, dude. And then recently, I've been getting down in the last couple years to some Austin Lucas. And I have uh, really been, you know, pimping that guy a lot on the show. And uh, my buddy Eric took me to a house concert where Austin was doing some crowdfunding efforts for his new album. And one of the agreements was if he donated X amount of money – if you donated X amount of money, they would do a show. He would do a show at your house. So somebody in Wichita ponied up and we all dropped some cash, went and saw him live at this dude's house in his living room. And I've been infatuated ever since. Solid, solid dude. Really awesome guy. I got to meet him a couple times. He's a super cool dude. His music is great. Um, it's kind of got that sound that Steven hates of country music. But it's not like that straight old like no, oh, I'm gonna get a big old like truck Nashville and, shit, man. Yeah, his is like yeah. guttural, gravelly yeah, I like that storytelling. Type. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to say he's like Johnny Cash, but it's that similar vein of like actual country western in in a way. But you know, he is he's kind of made it a little more modern, and uh, yeah, I fucking love it, man. I know some listeners have uh, have picked up on him. I hope people continue to. He's a really nice guy, one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. But um, and then Alex Cameron, uh, a dude that we saw open for the Killers. Back in January of 2018, literally uh, forgot about him, started listening to his newest album last night, and uh, I think I've played it about eight times through uh, last night while I was drawing, so that's pretty awesome. And then Steve, somebody I'm getting into because of you, um, Oliver Tree. (laughs) He's fucking awesome, man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to say he's a favorite, but I will say he's fucking out of left field, and I've loved everything I've listened yeah, to his. He makes good music, so man. His he new does, album, man. He's getting ready to go on a nationwide tour, and uh, he's getting a lot of steam lately. And this dude is crazy. He's got a bull cut, wears fucking Jinkos, rides a scooter. 
Uh, he looks like Sean Swope circa eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, he's he's incredible. Jinko's um, in a bowl cut. <laughs> but the music he does is like this like alternative uh he'll have he'll have like some songs that have like synth in it and then he'll have some songs that are just like like a powerhouse like anthem. Like it's just, it's yeah. really weird. It's a lot like yep. Twenty One Pilots type stuff, AWOL Nation type stuff. So. Oh shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Hell I, we could talk about good music all fucking day, like yeah. you said, a whole nother episode. And I mean, I ain't got nothing wrong with some metal. I'm not a big metal head myself. Um, I do like some Ghost, though. Uh, Alan turned me on to them back in October when Satan I asked everybody, worshiper. "What's <laughs> what's the what's the stuff you're listening to in October? What's some you know spooky music?" And he turned me on to Ghost, and I kind of gave them a couple spins and really liked what I heard too. So, wow, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so the next one, Rob, Far- I'm sorry, Big Dobbs. Speaking of, um, asked us, "What is your favorite guilty pleasure song?" Or artist, and while that's kind of it's hard for us to answer that because we do like a lot of shit. But Steve, what's what's one group that you get shit for listening to that you're just like fuck it? This is my feel good music <laughs> all the fucking time, man. That's most of my music. <laughs> like, yeah, people talk shit. First off, fuck anybody that doesn't say that says you shouldn't listen to this, shouldn't listen to that. You listen to what the fuck you want, what makes you feel good, what makes you empowered, what makes you, you feel like you can get through the day. Music is my yep. biggest outlet. I love video games to death. I play a lot of video games more than I should. My music, if I didn't have it, wouldn't be alive. Plain and simple. And I there love, and I know that's dark, but I don't give a shit. Music is awesome. So I get asked this question quite a bit. And um, all time, I don't think a guilty pleasure right now would be Post Malone because a lot of people do love him. Um, I think that guy is awesome as fucking life. And uh, I really like to see him just having fun. He just seems like a really cool dude. Um, yeah, he seems like a genuine guy. Yeah. He also seems like the 0.1% of germs that Lysol won't kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel bad for the dude, man. Like everybody comments on his looks and stuff. Cause, eh, he made his decisions. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the a lot of a lot of it has to do with his hair. Cause he's kind of like, uh, his hair has always been like the subject of criticism. Cause he does the, he does the dreads. Then he'll do the dreads that come, uh, out kind of, th- not dreads, but like the cornrows will come out a little bit, start to get fuzzy. Now he's got this kind of like, uh, like kind of like fro situation going on. And it just, it, he, I think he's a person that like myself that has very oily hair. So uh-huh. if you're not on top of it all the time, even just not washing it after just a day, you know, you it already starts to get really oily. So, I don't know. I don't think he looks. I mean, he that dude's very like uh, he wears like a lot of designer shit. And yeah, and I think that a lot of people need to understand that that dude's not also just a just a rapper. He likes to make money, so that's why he's a rapper because it's easy. Uh, but he's also a musician. Like just the other day at the Grammys, yesterday, he fucking uh, did a performance with Red Hot Chili Peppers. And whether people are fans For real? of Red Hot Chili Peppers or not, yeah. Oh, I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I didn't really like the song that Red Hot Chili Peppers was performing. But then again, like, um, you know, I'll probably be burned at the stake for this. But I've never seen Red Hot Chili Peppers live. But every time I've watched a video of them live, like, within, like, the past five years or so, it just looks yeah. kind of not as energetic. But them dudes have been rocking for a long time. But right. All that aside, I love Red Hot Chili Peppers music. Just never really been impressed with their live show. I've seen it on TV. If I was there, it'd probably be a totally different story. But uh, Post Malone playing with them was really fucking cool because it shows you that that dude loves music 
and this is like the uh-huh. second time he's played with with another like actual rock stars with in in rock band cuz and then he also starts with it with an acoustic song which he's really talented with the acoustic, oh, acoustic singing. Yeah, see I can't stand any of the songs I've heard of his. I don't mind Sunflower from the uh Spider-Verse soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um because it's not really him. He's kind of like the uh you know, backup vocals or whatever on that mm-hmm. song. But any of his acoustic videos I've watched, like I've told you a hundred times, I would pay money to see that dude perform an acoustic show of covers. Yeah. A lot of his, like, I think, a lot like, of his fans have been wishing for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, but uh, him, him aside, like I said, it's not really a guilty pleasure of mine because he's pretty still extremely popular right now. And people aren't like, Oh, I yeah. remember I, you know, like I, I look at, I look at that as a Lincoln park method. When yeah, we were in sure, middle sure. school, Everybody yep. listen to Linkin Park. I don't give a fuck who you were. And if you're out yeah. there shaking your head, no, you didn't. Bullshit, you're a liar. I'm calling you out. Everybody <laughs> listened to, listen to Linkin Park. Yeah, now, if you true. say, oh, Linkin yeah. Park, like, oh, I never listened to that. That shit's garbage. Fuck you. You know you did. My, yeah, I can that's a Meteora. Some yeah. Like a hybrid theory, yeah. That's how I see Post Malone being. Is it like later, they're going to be like, oh, I never listened to that. Bullshit. Everybody listened to it. Um but my biggest one, hands down, Britney motherfucking Spears. I love the shit out. I love <laughs> yeah, the shit out true. of her. I've seen her twice. Yeah. I've met her once. I fucking love the shit out of Britney Spears. Uh, so that would definitely be, and I get a lot of shit for it. But man, I'll fucking get down to that. I wish I could be a backup dancer for Britney. Fucking believe it, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, all right. What, what about you? What's your guilty pleasure? All right, dude. So, like. I can fucking get down on some old school like Doug Stone and some fucking Sawyer Brown, dude. Some old school like 90s country. Mm-hmm. 90s country is my biggest guilty pleasure. Um, some fucking Toby Keith pre 9 11. I'll fucking all day, son. All day. Fuck yeah, man. Yep. That greatest Rhinestone. hits, man. Yep. <laughs> Rhinestone shirts. <laughs> yep. Hell yeah, jeans. dude. You're fucking dumb. Denim. You wore denim underwear under your denim jeans, and you wore fucking yeah, denim dude. stirrups on top of that. But yeah, I love some old school '90s country, man. Um, and then my fucking go-to, get me fucking pump. I almost said humped. Maybe you don't know me. You don't know our life. Some Missy Elliott, dude. I fucking love me some Missy Elliott. And Stephen knows this next one because he's stayed with me in several hotels. So oh fucking James Brown, motherfucker. <laughs> Just go through shower music. He's a fan. Get on up. So <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking James Brown's greatest hits, man. I get down on that shit all day. And one of my favorite movies, Get On Up, The James Brown Story. Yeah, that was a good movie. That movie was yep. crazy. The dude who plays fucking Wakanda Forever, yep. Black Panther, also played James Brown in yep. his biopic. And it was fucking phenomenal. And uh, it is a great beast. story, too, if. You want to yeah. fucking hear some fucking rags to riches. Yeah. And then and also see rags. how the mighty can fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Poor laughs> if you want to see a cocaine binging <laughs> thrill ride, check out that movie. But yeah, dude, those are mine. Dude, some fucking 90s country, Missy Elliott and James Brown. Hell yeah. Yeah. Right, um, Steve, hang on real quick. Can you give us the spark notes? Uh, maybe you don't want to tell us a story. Whenever we talk about music and growing up, I always think about you kicking that guy's ass on the bus. Do you want to tell oh, us a yeah, story? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a <laughs> fucking funny story. Uh, so like I said, I grew up in California, and I had, I had a lot of rap music in my, in my DNA. Um, so when I moved to Kansas, it, it was a culture shock, to say the least. Uh, 
Uh, I'd never, I was raised around skyscrapers and the beach and. Yeah. Kansas hated you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I moved <laughs> Let's be here. honest. Yeah. I moved here <laughs> and, uh, this was before I had a CD player. So I'd have tapes and I'd have like a bunch of tapes, like NWA, Snoop Dogg, doggy style, shit like that. And, uh, I was like, I loved it. I was all about it. And I came here and these kids had no fucking idea. <laughs> we had I mean, Sawyer Brown yeah. and Doug Stone. <laughs> yeah. It was like a whole culture shock for them too. So it was like the perfect storm. Um, so during that time, I still had friends in California that would uh, that I would I could contact and I'd learn about it. And then I would go to this like local tape shop and see if they could get these tapes in. And then they would. And then I'd have to buy them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I actually – for one of my birthdays, my mom and dad got me a little portable CD player. You know them six six AA battery ones, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had that thing. You know, I had that anti skip protection. You know, that ASP. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I went to this uh, local uh, store, and they had these CDs, and like they had like a like they had this like grab bag where people would buy a CD, take it back in there, try to trade towards something else. And then if they didn't have a case with it, they would just throw them in these grab bags. And then they would like label it by genre, which is really unheard of back in, back in that time because CDs weren't just like, oh, here, here's one for a quarter, here's one for a dollar. Like they were like fucking 10, 10 15 bucks a pop, right? So uh-huh. so uh, that was like a big deal to me. I was like, shit, I'll take, I'll take a gander at this fucking one. It was like, it was like alternative slash rap. I was like, I'll buy this. So I conned my dad into buying it for like 10 bucks. Uh, and I took it home Damn. and it had the Beavis and Butthead experience, which that fucking, that fucking CD is amazing. It's got the song by Sir Mix-a-Lot on there and it's fucking so good. Um, and I had this other CD called Onyx and I didn't know anything about this band at all. Uh, I just remember like the front of the cover has them all, you know, that traditional hip hop cover, them looking down at the camera and they're like all aiming their guns yeah. at it and shit. And, um, I just like, I fell in love with it. And the CD was called <laughs> back to fuck up B A C C D A F U C C U P. You know, that's how they could get away with up. it back in the, back in the nineties. And I mean, it was like fucking hardcore gangster. Like, it, I mean, they, they took it from NWA to way above. I mean, they were talking about murders and yeah. shit on there. It was crazy. Uh, and I loved it, you know, because I love all that macabre shit. And um, when I was in grade school, I mean, I've always been a fat kid. So when I was in grade school, I was like picked on all the time. You know, even the, I mean, I was, you know, this outsider coming into there. And, and I had a couple friends here and there, mostly the nerds and stuff. And uh, yeah. And there's this one kid, Justin Covey, and he would he'd fucking bully me to no end. I mean, he did the, the classical cliches, stealing the lunch money, pushing me down, tripping me. You know, trying to bully me into the bathroom type of shit. You know, that typical shit you uh-huh. see in, in uh, bullying stuff. Um, last year, I don't remember the grade. I can't remember the grade for the life of me. But the last day, uh, we lived out kind of in the country. So we'd have to, it would be like a 10-minute drive or no, 10-mile from the school out to the out to where we live. What we call the farm, just on some farmland. Uh, yeah. And we'd have to ride the bus. And I'm, you know, I got my headphones on. And uh, we're driving the bus drivers, driving us to our house. Stops. We kind of had like pull off to the side of the highway because they couldn't drive into our shit because we had all dirt roads and they weren't. My dad wasn't going to pay to get them fixed, so they they would get stuck if they tried to go in there. So they drop us off like near the highway. We'd have to walk into our house, which wasn't that far. 
And uh, so I'm riding that shit. And, you know, I get up, pull my backpack on, put my backpack on on my back. And, and that's when it happened. Justin came up behind me, de-pants me in front of the whole, the whole bus. You know, I was riding towards the back. De-pants me for the whole bus. Everybody turns around laughing, seeing my little pecker out everywhere. And, this, <laughs> and then, like, and, like, I felt like I was, like, empowered. Like, just this sudden rush came over me. And I felt like fucking Rocky, dude. Like, yeah. that music was going. My blood was pumping. I was embarrassed. I was in shock. I pulled up my pants. Fucking wiped my tear away. And, like, I turn around and he's, like, doing this, like, traditional, like, arms on the hips or, like, on his, like, mid mid belly. Yeah. And he's, like, looking around, like, ha, 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 ha. And I fucking put my hand in a fist, fucking ring it back, and I clock him right in his temple on his right side. He goes down flat. I'm fucking talking out. And I just fucking hop on the top of him, and I'm just fucking pounding his face. Blood's going everywhere. I'm fucking drenched in blood. I mean, it's a fucking murder scene, son. And <laughs> this dude, this <laughs> it's dude, a murder scene. You gotta learn something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the bus driver, no shit. Her name is Kathy Boner. Swear to God, like if you have that name, do not work around children. You're an idiot. <laughs> no shit. Like, like, don't do it. And she's laughing. No, she's she was laughing at me when I was, you know, getting depantsed. And uh-huh. um, cold clock her too. Oh, just no, no, her no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, she she's screaming, "Get off him! Get off him!" Blah, blah. Finally, my brother, my brother, hears the scream and gets back on the bus and pulls me off. And, come on, come on, we gotta, you know, Dad's gonna be pissed. Blah blah blah. And um, then you know uh, that was it. I I walk in the house. My mom, you know, fortunately, this was time of her mental illness really flaring up and. Her uh, alcoholism yeah. was at an all-time peak, and uh, she was just like – I mean, it, it, it was definitely a trigger, <laughs> like to say the right, least. Right. It blew her fucking mind, blew her gasket. Uh, she finally got a hold of my dad. By the time my dad got home, the cops the cops called us and said that we needed to come into the school. So I meet up at the school. Justin's little bitch ass is there. Uh, and Oh, and, and by the way – the, the 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 fucking punchline, damn it! I didn't do it. Is I didn't say it, damn it. Is after I beat the shit out of them because I was still had my headphones on. And you know, anytime you like work out or get any kind of like energy from a song, you get like really emotional during certain parts, you know, and it makes you go stronger. Oh yeah, dude. That song was playing, and the song, and basically the like the hook is very very simplistic, and it says "back the fuck up, motherfucker, back the fuck up," and then it's like "back the fuck up." n-word back the fuck up <laughs> and as i was doing it i was beating the shit out of him and then i stepped up i stepped up and then i was like yeah back the fuck up what back the fuck up and like, <laughs> like and i was not like dude you should see some pictures of me when i was younger i had the fucking the not so curly hair but it was very platinum blonde big old wired fucking aviator glasses nerdy as yeah. shit rhinestone shirts like it was terrible like this shit was so terrible, and I was so gangster with it. So we go into school. Keep in mind, my parents didn't play. I didn't get no violent nothing. I, I would report, you know, my bullying to the school all the time. It was the same cliche. Boys will be boys. Kids will be kids. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, my parents finally come up there uh, in Pratt. Uh, Pratt, Kansas, was one, and Skyline School District was one of the first schools to get uh, bus cameras. Like the old school, traditional, like... Um, 
every time you got on there, the tape would reset the next morning yeah. in case they needed yeah. to see something from the previous night. Uh, and it was like really shitty still motion. It was <laughs> very crappy quality. Yeah. Just so took we a go snapshot every fifteen seconds and had it on a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we go into we go into the to the the cops like, well, you know what happened, and we both tell our sides of the story. And then I said, oh, you got all the proof you need. Uh, and then the cop was like, what? And, and my dad was like, I sat in on the volunteer meeting about the schools, the, the, the school buses getting cameras run the tape and the principal and the bus driver were like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then they were trying to hide it. Right. Huh. And the cop gets it, he pulls the tape in there they get it. Uh, he walks over to me and he says, Mr. Drum, have a good summer. Went home. <laughs> And then, and then, it, and then, as soon as, as soon as I did that, uh, he he went over to the he went over to Justin was like, you should be ashamed of yourself if if you did this on the bus. It, I can only imagine what you would have done, what you've done to him throughout the rest of the school year. Oh damn! And then, uh, you know, my, my dad walked me out, and he's like, uh, you know, and went to the door, and I said, yeah, back the fuck up. <laughs> Walked <laughs> out the door, dude. <laughs> fucking oh god, gangster was, ass Steven. So no good. shit. It's fucking mid nineties uh, Breakfast Club shit. Walking down the stairs, hands up in the air. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> fucking good, dude. Uh, that's I love, awesome. I love Hell telling, yeah. I love, I love that telling story, that story, dude. man. Because I, you know, I think everybody in their life has done some sort of bullying. Um, yep. To a degree, and even as friends, we bully each other sometimes with the jokes and jazz we do, and, yeah, and for shit sure. like that. But. To do that to to a kid in school, like anything like that, like that's so fucking demeaning too, man. Yep. And Bullying's he, fucked up, man. And that story shouldn't just condone bullying. We're condoning anti-bullying. And, uh, you know, there's funny, uh, one time in sixth grade, I never got in any fights in high school save for one fight. And it was one and done, sucka. But there's this kid named Justin, and he was like the one guy in school, tall, scrawny dude, real scrappy. Everybody's fucking scared of him. Oh, don't piss off Justin. Ooh, blah, blah, blah. And so I, you know, I was kind of meek and kind of a dork and just kind of got along with everybody. And this one time, like, Justin started mouthing off saying shit. So I mouthed off back to him because that's one thing I've always prided myself in is having a sharp tongue and a quick wit. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's a fault of mine, even Achilles heel, but. I said something to him and he got pissed off and he stood up and he's like and, – and of course, the teacher had to go to the restroom or whatever. So the teacher has been gone for like 10 minutes. And he's like, shut the fuck up, you fat fucker. And so I stood up and I was like, what did you just say? And he's like, you fat fucker. And I think I said something about him being – I said something about him being tall and scrawny. And he's like, motherfucker, I'm going to fucking knock you out. And I was like, you want to hit me? And I, cause I, at that moment, it clicked. I'm like, this guy ain't shit. Like people – you could break this kid in half. And so he's like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm going to fucking knock you out. And, like, everybody, of course, is like, ooh, oh, shit, oh, shit, fight, fight, fight. And so, like, I said, all right, Justin, you get one hit for free. I want you to hit me in my back as hard as you can. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, this is a trick because my back's the meatiest part of my body. And uh, I can finally see how hard this kid can hit. And he fucking winds up and just clocks me in the back. And I'm like, dude, like, girls have hit me harder than this. So I turned around and I was like, my turn, motherfucker. And I grabbed him by the shoulders and threw him over a chair into this bookshelf, knocked the bookshelf over just in time for the teacher to walk in and see me standing above this kid with all these fucking books laying on top of him. And I got in school suspension. (laughs) Yeah, but it felt good. The kid didn't fucking mess with me at all. He was a kid buying me fucking slushies at lunch next week. 
bastard. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Fucking slushy love. Fucking slush love. Well, what do you think, man? You want to go ahead and finish the rest of these now? Yeah, we can do them real quick. Cool, cool. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, Kaylee asks, since I'm new to the show, have you guys ever discussed the Drury Hotel? This is not related to the Ask Me Anything. You guys should go explore there sometime since it's supposed to be haunted. Um, well, Kaylee, Preston and I, I know for sure, have discussed the Drury a, a little bit. Um, I actually know a guy who works there in the kitchen and has mentioned several times about it being haunted. I want to say we talked about this on a recent episode, but um, yes, we actually have been contacted by some people that frequent that hotel a lot for conventions. We almost did a live show there during a Doctor Who convention, but the guy reached out and uh, asked us at the very last minute, and it was too late to get anything set up for it. But uh, it's definitely on the radar for Presto and I. And Steven, if you want to join us, um, we'll do it maybe during a weeknight uh, when you're not at work. And go to the investigation there. there. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, I would like to. So Um, her question, though, is – uh, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you guys with no real explanation? Um, I don't know. This is hard. Yeah, because, I mean, you you said it before. You haven't had a whole lot of really weird shit happen. Yeah. Or, I mean, have you had something? Well, not really. I mean, I talked about the last episode that was on. I talked about the me seeing some kind of you know UFO on right. the, near Tawanda, but... I think for I think for me probably the indie the NDE shit the near death experience being oh, in, being yeah. in the the two wrecks that I've been in where the car has flipped um it slows everything down like a matrix thing and uh-huh. my first time it happened nothing flashed before my eyes like no no screen sh- like slideshow uh but everything was in slow motion I mean I remember like seeing like in the air very slow looking over, seeing my foster sister, like, um, fucking like up in the air and like her neck, like turning a little bit. Cause she was, her neck was in a brace for a while. Cause she sprung her neck uh-huh. and then like CDs, like floating in the air and like seeing the actual CD of, uh, um, Tupac at the end of time, like actual CD oh. floating there is crazy. That's creepy. Like slow motion till the yeah, end of time. Yeah, like I remember. I remember <laughs> it's all that coming together, man. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, that image specifically. And then when I in the car wreck, when we were going to warp tour, and flipping the car um, five and a half times. Jesus, dude. Like yeah. you, you, your body is just flailing around that car at such a fast motion, but your your brain slows your body down almost to protect it. So to speak. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so crazy. And if you've never experienced that, it's fucking mind blowing. And, um, that'll kind of, that'll kind of tie into another question down, down, down the list. Cool. So we'll kind of get back to that, that slow motion type thing, like out of body type thing. Well, so that's, that's a really funny little uh, coincidence there. Synchronicity, whatever you want to call it. Because I, I thought real hard, Kaylee, about what's something strange that's happened to me that's unexplainable. And, and I hate to be that guy that's like, well, you know, I've seen UFOs and I've seen ghosts and I've had this happen and this happen. I've, I've witnessed a, a ton of weird shit. And uh, another time, because I've told the story several – a lot of stories several times on the show, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you an email sometime with some of the weird shit that is truly just bizarre that I've, I've had happen to me. But – one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced was zero explanation as to why or how. 
is similar to Stevens. Um, Shayla and I, our friend, oh, okay, Preston was there. Yeah, Presto was there. I've talked about this story on the show before. Shayla and I, Preston, and our friends, Patty, Eric, and Aaron, we all did this run that we love to do in Kansas City at the KC Zip Line. It's called the Timber Challenge Series. And it's an obstacle course race. It's through the woods. There's hiking, there's climbing, there's, you know, fire, ice, monkey bars, all the cool shit we love to do, mud. There's one little obstacle where they have just a giant rock pile. And it's just a bunch of loose stones and rocks and big chunks of like cement and shit. And they're kind of formed into like piles, but the piles kind of like zigzag back and forth. And so one of the things you have to do is traverse across these like six and seven foot tall piles of rocks. And we'd done it several times without ever any injury, ever any incidents. But this one time they had it shaped up to where you almost had to go single file. So, you know, I think it was uh, Eric in front, Preston, Shayla, myself, Aaron and Patty. So Shayla's in front of me. Eric and Preston are in front of her. And we're going across this rock pile. And Shayla, this, this is all really weird. It all happens all at once. Shayla stepped on a rock and it caused her to turn sideways, lose her balance and start to fall. And the way she's falling is like she went to sit in a chair, but there's no chair there. So just imagine that like, both hands up in the air in front of her, both feet, you know, down. And her butt lands on this rock, but she's moving so fast, the momentum carries her. And so you can imagine her kind of on her butt falling backwards and all four extremities are up in the air. At that same exact time that happened, I slipped on a rock that twisted and I fell forward. And as I'm falling forward, time just stops. It completely stops. And Steven, you can kind of relate to that. Then mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting about the car wreck all at once time freezes. And I think to myself, I'm falling at such a speed and a velocity that I'm going to hit my face on this rock and it's either going to poke my eye out or it's going to break a tooth out or it's going to puncture my skull. At any rate, the way I'm falling, my hands are not in front of me because my hands are kind of down to my side. Uh, I'm going to get severely injured. Oh shit. Shayla's falling too. And the way she's falling, the velocity and the speed and the angle, she's going to topple over that set of rocks, hands and legs up in the air, and she's going to hit her head or break her neck or bust her skull open. This is really, really bad. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And so I just, I sit there for a split second. I'm like, okay, if I put my hands in front of me at this certain angle and like, it's, it's crazy. Like science, math and everything's like clicking in my head. Kind of like when uh, Shia LaBeouf fucking sees the transformer shit for the first time. Like it's just rapid fire information is spinning through my brain. I'm mm-hmm. like, if I grab the rock in front of me with my right hand, nope, I can't grab it like that. Cause if I grab it like that, this is going to happen. And I'm still going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn. I'm going to land on my shoulder and still hit the side of my face in that rock. I have to land just a certain way, just like that. Perfect. And then I have to reach over and grab Shayla's foot. Cause Aaron's way too far behind me. The guys don't even see she's falling. I got to grab her right leg. Well, if I grab her right leg, momentum's going to carry her over. It's going to pivot her back and she's going to slide back and hit her head on that rock. So I have to reach forward and grab her left ankle with my left hand. Um, I can't grab her by the foot cause I don't have enough grip strength at the rate she's falling. I have to like grab you're her playing by twister. The- it's crazy. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I, I have to put my hand on the very front of her ankle and almost cup the top of her foot. Nope, that's not going to work either. I got to grab her just above the ankle on the shin with minimal effort. I'll be able to sit her upright, save her from falling, 
catch my hand on the rock before I bust my face open. No one's going to get hurt. I might get a little bit of a bump on like my left forearm. Okay, here we go. All right, that like that, this like this. And it's super weird because time's frozen. And I'm moving my hands around, getting them in the right place. And I was like, all right, well, I think I'm about out of time. So let's go ahead and do this and go. I reach up. I grab her foot right above the ankle on her leg. I set her up. She comes flying forward, hands in the air. Oh, my God, Jesus, screaming, um, you know, because she knows she's falling over. I grab the rock. I barely lay myself down with a, barely a bump on this rock pile. I stand up. I brush myself off. And I'm like, Whew, all right, guys, let's keep on going. And Aaron is screaming behind me like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Shayla is crying. And I'm just like, what, what, what's the big deal? I just prevented this giant, you know, catastrophic event from happening. Let's go. We got a race to run, folks. And it was just the weirdest experience because in a, in a half a second, I felt like an hour almost had passed by. And it was just so bizarre the way time slowed down for that one mm-hmm. instance. Crazy. And so I hurt, can't explain. Yeah, I can't explain how or why. Um, you can look it up. Anytime you want, go on Google, any of you guys, and look up athletes and the flow state or just the flow state. And athletes can talk about how, like, they get in that zone. And basketball players discuss how, like, I don't know, man, I was in the zone. I was just on fire. I couldn't miss a shot. And they describe how the basketball physically feels smaller in their hands, and it almost looks like the goal the basket is twice as big around and they just cannot miss a single shot. No matter how hard they try, they sink every free, uh, every three pointer, every layup. They just, they can't fucking miss and race car drivers and every, all these athletes talk about this flow state. And it's just, it's really interesting the way that works. And I don't know if it's a fight or flight or, or what it is, but, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> crazy, Digest that story, Kaylee. Hopefully that answers the question. Um, yeah, um, shit. I guess we'll move on. Chauncey. <laughs> Chauncey asks, this is a what if scenario. You can meet. Okay. What if you could meet and confirm the existence of aliens? The catch, however, is that you have to leave everything behind with no explanation and travel the universe for the rest of your lifespan. Would you do it? Yep. No more bills? <laughs> Great. Oh, shit. Yeah, true. True that. No more bills. No shit. more bills bullshit that's going on in our world right now? Great. Yeah. Let's go yeah. see Sector G2. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. My answer I typed in was no, but yes. But no. You got a lot more people that you're close with. Well, I mean, I'd argue that you have people that care about you, but I mean, I do, but that being, I mean, yeah, but that being the truth, that is the, that's the loaded question. You know, it's okay. So take, it's like Dr. Who, right? You become the companion and you disappear and nobody knows where you go. And you're out having the time of your life, you know, across the universe, boldly going where no one's gone before. But at the same time, you know, your family's left wondering where the fuck you went. True. It's a missing four one one shit. Would they miss? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd miss you, buddy. Uh, Indeed. Um, but, you know, okay, so that's... You miss my that's skills all, on Apex Legends, bitch. What up? That's shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd miss you telling the story of how you became empowered by the cold wind blowing on your pecker on a school bus once. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens would find it interesting, too. Hell yeah, no shit. Um, so that's a loaded question, Chauncey, and you knew that, but... My thought is this, and Steve, you said yes, but what if? 
what if they're like, hello, Steven, we're here. We're here for you. And they abduct you. And then they take you up in the ship and all of a sudden there's no gravity. And it's just a fucking, you know, sprawled out room full of cocoons and fucking watch bands and wallets everywhere. And you're just like, fuck. And they just fucking, they milk you and then you're gone, man. 40 minutes of fame. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) go Go out like a G. They fucking eject you into the cold dead of space and that's all she wrote. No shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Mainly because if, if this question happens right now in current times, I feel like we're so close to discovering something that's going to answer that question. I'd hate to go out right now. If if you asked me back in the, you know, the 50s, fucking Project Blue Book, Lubbock Lights, Flatwoods Monster, all that kind of stuff, like – I mean, times would be different. I think I definitely would back then, but we had a very different uh, vision of what aliens and UFOs were. Right. You ever notice that um, in pop culture, UFOs and aliens appear as what's popular in you know pop culture at the time? Like aliens back in the 50s were wearing like gray suits and had like, yeah, you know, fishbowl hats on and yeah. ray guns and – you know, they were all blue skinned, busty women and, and you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nowadays, you know, we've given up the sexual uh sexualization of aliens and now we just have these fucking frail ass gangly greys. Creepy fucking, fucking things. Grasshopper people. It's a lot less sexy these yeah. days. They save that for the uh, robots. Yeah, maybe maybe if I found out there were aliens and it was the aliens of like the fifties, I'd have a more of an inkling, but I don't think I want to get down with just a bunch of fucking like, you know, walking emaciated corpses with giant black eyes. Nothing sexy about that. We should put a pin in this and finish it up with Preston. Okay. Let's do you want to do that? Yeah. Because this next one, the last ones are going to be good for Preston. I feel like these are ones that are really, really aimed towards him. So, okay, cool. Yeah, especially Guys, Mindy's question. Yeah, Mindy's question's good. Landon's question, that's a Preston question. Uh Danny's question would be great for all of us. And then Rob's question, of course, uh yeah, these are all these are all Preston questions. Okay, so save so, that for the next next episode. There we go. Awesome. All right, guys. Um if you have a beard, know a beard, you want to grow a beard, check out bigdobsbeardbomb.com. Use our promo code PXLPARA and get twenty percent off your entire purchase. And uh, catch us in Omaha, Nebraska on April 13th. It's a Saturday. We will be at the Rock Your Beard Off Beard Mustache Competition, hanging out with Rob Bones, hanging out with Big Dobbs, and anybody else who wants to join us up there. It's going to be a pretty good time for a good cause. And uh, might even get a chance to check out the Haunted Museum up there while we're at it, if they're going to be open. So, Mm. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll send you lots of pictures and videos. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll do the same while you're in Florida next week. Oh, man. Boom, shakalaka. Hell yeah. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just check out our Facebook page, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Check out our uh, Instagram, P-X-L-P-A-R-A, right? N-O-R-M-A-L? Yeah, okay. I always forget. P-X-L Paranormal. <laughs> uh, check that shit out. Uh, other than that, pretty much it um in the talks of starting a new podcast bringing back my gaming podcast but under a new name and a new service so me and brady are gonna yeah, hell yeah. work that out and so i'll be pimping that pretty quick other than that that's it i'm ready to go to florida i'm going up there 
going to Universal Studios, going to Disney Gardens, going to meet up with Joseph Gavin. He's a good fucking dude, good dude, like a brother to me. Haven't seen him yeah. in several years. I'm really excited for that. And I got to go to Harry Potter World and I got to swim with dolphins. So, what more could you want besides a beard and mustache competition and a haunted museum? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, it's take what right. you can get, buddy. You deserve yeah. this. I'm really, it's, I'm it's, really, I'm really, really excited. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, and not flying. to go into deep. Yeah, not to go into details too much. You deserve this, and as does the person you're taking. Above anybody else, this guy deserves a strip. Definitely, definitely true. Yeah, it's it's amazing that he gets to go on it. It's very nice that you're getting to go with him as well. So that's pretty fantastic. So yeah, very blessed. Hell yeah! And Evan, uh, Evan Wells, (laughs) Evan just gave us a question on Facebook. Yeah, I saw that. We will address that on the next episode because I gotta know what Preston has to say about that. We already know what that creep's gonna fucking say. Make sure you copy Uh, it. Yep. Hell yeah, dude. All right, guys. So check this out. We'll drop another quick episode. We'll record one Thursday night. Get the last four questions on there. I'm going to drop that Saturday as long as Mark can get that posted. And then uh, we'll just come back Monday and we'll do that uh, that ghost story. So thank you guys so much for listening. Check out Mark's Solocast, Pixelated Sausage. Check out Fear and Fame, our friends out in Colorado. Check out Sports Car Unleashed. And thank you so much for the questions you submitted for listening to us. Hopefully you got some laughs out of that, a little more uh, a little more in-depth into the lives of Steve and I. And try uh, to make a paranormal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Steven's dick, it's a that's good, weird. It's a good time to take a break from it. Kind of like get you to know your, ho- your host a little more. Yeah. And that way when I say stupid shit on the show, you'll... You now know why. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why Preston says stupid shit. It's just Preston. Yeah. God love him. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you in a couple days. Fuck you. Peace. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.